Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Law and Finance Show, and today I have a great guest on. Now, one of the things that a lot of people talk about when it comes down to running a business is, you know, the legal side and the finance side are two things that scare them. Well, today we have a great guest on and she's going to really help make the legal side of running a business a little less boring and a little bit more interesting. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my amazing guest, Kelly. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Kelly, one of the things that really stood out to me, like see when I, um, my team and I reached out to you, one of the things I really liked is, you know, making the, the legal side, you know, a little less boring because that is something that I find that business owners are deeply impacted by the legal side of business, but they are very uninterested in finding out about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many other things when it comes to running a business and people generally tend to gravitate towards taking care of the things that they're more excited about. And legal just is not one of those things. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we're going to dive into that. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I have been a lawyer for about eight years now. Um, I was practicing mainly in, um, I practiced for a couple nonprofits. Then I worked at a private firm doing a lot of litigation, commercial litigation. And then during the pandemic, summer of 2020, I decided to open my own firm. Um, and now I work primarily with entrepreneurs, with their businesses. So helping them with starting up with contracts, trademarks, forming an LLC and all that kind of stuff. Nice, nice. Now, you know, when you, I guess as you were kind of going through, you know, probably before law school, was being a lawyer kind of a goal or a target of yours? So it was something that I always kind of, thought about like I thought I could maybe go that way um, especially like during high school and undergrad but I was not the type of person who you know had this dream of being a lawyer and doing some particular area uh, my, like my whole life like a lot of other people that I went to law school with knew exactly what they wanted to do and they wanted to do it their whole life and I was just kind of like I think it you know it I don't really have this burning like desire of something <laughs> That I know I want to do, so that sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. That probably allows you to connect well with you know with entrepreneurs because I, I find that a lot of times entrepreneurs, the the ones that end up being very successful, are ones that they just they found a problem and then they just wanted to solve that problem, um, as opposed to some that I, I found that fall deeply in love with their product. And they're just not flexible enough to adjust when, you know, reality of entrepreneurship starts to happen. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. So now one thing I'm curious about is, you know, you, you went in, to, you know, when you started working for, you know, a, a private law firm, what was that like? Because you, you mentioned about, you know, nonprofit, then going to working for a private law firm. You know, did you notice some very big differences as you made that transition? Yes, um, they were completely different. Um, the I, For nonprofit, I was also working mainly in guardianship. Um, so I was working alongside of a lot of social workers as well. So it was just, and you know, we were interviewing families, interviewing um, people that needed guardianships, either in hospitals or nursing homes or other type of, you know, situations like that. Uh, so going from that, which was very, very different, it was just a lot more of that than court to private litigation, which was going to court every day. Um, spending most of my time with other lawyers and with judges as opposed to other like families and social workers was definitely a huge shift. Uh, so it's just, it was completely different environments really. <laughs> gotcha. Now, I guess as you kind of navigated through, you know, working in the private practice, you know, and you started, you know, was there something that really stood out to you that made you think, you know what, it's probably time for me to look at doing this on my own. So actually, I was someone who was always adamant that I would never start my own law firm because <laughs> I always said, it's just that's going to be way too much work. I, I can't do it. I don't have the time. I'm not doing it. And then 2020 happened and I was no longer going to court every day because courts were closed which means I also was not commuting hours a day because I was going to court in downtown Brooklyn and then my firm was on Long Island. So a lot of back and forth. And so I wasn't doing that routine that I was kind of stuck in. I wasn't really like happy in that routine, spending, you know, basically like my whole life in court or the office or finding parking in Brooklyn and not like any time, you know, for myself. But I didn't really... I didn't want to go out on my own because I thought that would be even more work. And I didn't really know like if going somewhere else would be better or if just kind of like legal work would always be like your 24 seven kind of life. But then after courts being closed for a couple months, I ended up getting let go from my firm in June of 2020. And then within a couple of weeks, I was interviewing at other places. And then I just decided, you know, instead of going somewhere else, working all these hours, I'm just going to open my own firm instead. I had already connected with some other lawyers online who were already doing the same thing. So then I just decided that's what I'm doing. And I just started it right away. <laughs> also, also, you know, it's, it's very interesting when I find, you know, the similarities between you know, law lawyers and as they start law firms and accountants, you know, like accountants and finance professionals, because you know I remember thinking of a similar thing of like working you know eighty plus hour weeks, and I was like, man, if I'm gonna work this hard, how do I get more value out of this? Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. So now when you worked in, you know, something you said that, 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 that piqued my, my, my attention was you talked about, you know, the firm being in Long Island and court being in Brooklyn. Now, is that because that's where the clients were or is that like the normal commute for law firms in Long Island? 
So our firm, we were in Long Island, but we actually had courts, um, cases every day in Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. So we each, we had pretty much like one attorney per borough. And I was living on Long Island, but then I moved to Brooklyn. That way it was slightly easier that at least I was close in the, in the morning. Um, so yeah, it was just the law that we did. We just had courts every single uh, cases every day in like, at least in those three boroughs, sometimes other ones as well. So it was just basically because of that, it can really vary depending on what kind of law you're doing. Gotcha. And what type of law did the firm practice? So that was a where we had to go every day was a lot of no fault. So, you know, uh, we represented medical providers against insurance companies. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I will say is I've been to New York a couple of times. I've been to Brooklyn. I've never been all the way out to Long Island. So I could imagine that would be a very interesting commute on a regular basis. Yes, it, it definitely gets tiring. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, like I said, when you show up, you got to be fresh and you got to be ready to go. Exactly. Yeah, it was a lot of um, me trying to run up to the eighth floor every day for court because uh, downtown Brooklyn, the courts, was it was full of the public trying to go in usually for something else. Um, so it, it was a madhouse every morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, looking at your own firm now, I mean, you know, were there some things about, you know, moving into your own firm that, that you start experiencing realizing, wow, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised, I guess, how quickly I was able to go full time in my firm. You know, when I first started, I wasn't really sure, like, am I going to be able to do this or am I going to have to get like a part time job as well? Um, but using social media actually just allowed me to go full time in my firm right away. And that definitely surprised me. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that that would happen so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a very interesting point, because Something I've told um, a, a lot of people is, I was like, you know, when it comes down to businesses, I was like, I think, you know, law firms have very healthy profit margins and just the ability to scale a law firm. It's, it's amazing because there are so many people that need the service. Um, and, you know, with a simple strategy, law firms can really, really get up and rolling a lot faster than some of the other businesses, other types of businesses. So, you know, as you started, you know, your law firm, you know, did you start off with focusing on entrepreneurs or has that kind of evolved over time? So that was my focus from the beginning. I had already connected with a lot of entrepreneurs previously because so I was actually using my Instagram as a fitness account um, before going out on my own. So because I was like teaching at different um, studios and stuff, I connected with so many different fitness entrepreneurs all over um, and also just other type of entrepreneurs through them or people that started as a fitness entrepreneur went on to be like a life coach or a business coach or something. So I kind of already had this network of entrepreneurs. So I kind of was just like, you know what, they're all missing the legal. So I'm gonna come in and do that. 
Nice, nice. Now, you mentioned about using social media. So, you know, which platforms did you find to be, you know, the right fit for your type of audience you were aiming for? Yeah, so I primarily, I started primarily on Instagram. And now my two main platforms are Instagram and TikTok. And I've actually even grown a bigger audience on TikTok than my Instagram that I had started first. Um, and, you know, for me, that works because those are where my ideal clients are. You know, that's where they're scrolling and spending their time. Gotcha. Now, what was it like for you? I mean, in, in figuring that out, because one of the things that I find with a lot of law lawyers is, you know, marketing and branding wasn't something that they learned in law school. And so so how did you kind of figure that out? Um, you know, I think part of it was that I did have kind of that like leg up of already being in the like social media space before. Uh, you know, before I went out on my own. So I had kind of already also seen some of my friends, my entrepreneur friends kind of like pivot to becoming like an online like business coach, you know, or so I, I saw other people talking about starting businesses, working with other, you know, social media managers or coaches or whoever. So I kind of already had a good grasp on marketing and also marketing yourself digitally through like social media. Um, so I kind of had an idea of how to brand myself that way. Um, but it was also very different from things that you see most lawyers doing. <laughs> so I, I want to talk a little bit more about that because, you know, that becomes a, a challenge for a lot of business owners and especially lawyers, because I get the sense and, and, and I feel like Oftentimes, you know, accountants are, are very similar. I mean, and I, as I speak of that because my background is accounting and finance. And so one of the things that I find is there's almost like this mindset of lawyers have to be this personality or this persona. And sometimes that doesn't go well with what people think about when they think about TikTok or Instagram. So how did you kind of overcome that? Um, I think I tried, especially for Instagram, I tried to create more of like a personal brand as opposed to a very like strict, super professional lawyer brand, because a lot of people aren't going to be able to relate to that, you know, like a business that just has their logo as their picture and doesn't actually talk and just shares like <laughs> infographic kind of stuff. And that's, you know, great. And for some clients, maybe you know, they'll, they'll like that kind of um, brand on social media. But I knew for like, my clients that they wanted someone that can relate to them better. Um, so I knew that I had to like break down that way of how lawyers like typically are because I knew that they don't want to hire someone that is like, you know, this overly professional, like, someone they think that is like overly professional, overpriced, like kind of overwhelming and like scary to talk to, intimidating. So I wanted to make sure to be different from that. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense because one of the things that I think about is, you know, from what I have seen from an accounting finance standpoint is that there's this relatability and trust factor that 
the clients or prospective clients have to develop with you before they decide to do business with you? Do you find the same thing as that the social media content allows people to kind of get to know you and trust you a little bit more before they have their first conversation with you? Yeah, I think it does because, you know, it's really that personal brand. So they kind of sometimes see other things for me, not just strictly legal, you know, whether it's like my reels where I like attempt to be a little bit more funny (laughs) or like my stories where I talk about my dog or, um, you know, that I like work in the middle of the night and hate the mornings. So things that like they end up relating to me on levels that are not just based on the legal. Um, So then they're like more willing to hire me, essentially. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, one question I'm curious about, which, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, have to figure this out for themselves. When it comes down to TikTok, a lot of people saw TikTok as a platform where you had to do a dance or you had to sing on it. So when you first got on TikTok, you know, how did you kind of, you know, get comfortable enough to say, you know what, I either don't have to dance or I don't have to sing, or maybe you're an amazing dancer, maybe you're an amazing singer, and so you just went for it. (laughs) So actually, I, like many other people, joined TikTok when, like, COVID first started, and, you know, we were stuck inside, and I was like, let me watch all these funny videos, and that was also before I had a business. So I actually was one of those people that was entertaining myself by learning the dances. (laughs) But then once I started my business, I was like, okay, let me pivot. And I just used the same TikTok. And instead of, I stopped the dancing and I just talked and started sharing tips. Um, And, you know, then I also realized I started like seeking out other business owners and other brands and stuff on TikTok. And I saw that then my like for you page started to like shift. It wasn't just at, like teenagers dancing anymore. It started to be like more of like, I saw small businesses, I saw sm- coaches, I saw, you know, influencers, content creators. Um, and then I kind of fit in more there. And now I primarily just talk and share tips and stuff. And I had an LLC video. This was actually more than a year ago and how I like started really growing my TikTok but I had an LLC checklist video that went viral, like over 500,000 views. And it grew me like my first like 10,000 followers. And so I always, I say, I'm like, if my boring LLC video can like get me 10,000 followers and now almost like 30,000 as a lawyer, like anyone else can do TikTok if, if that can happen. <laughs> Awesome. I love it. I love it. So when it comes down to the types of clients you work with, you know, um, is there like, what would you say is kind of like some of your ideal types of clients to work with? Um, Probably, usually like online business owners um, are probably the the most ideal clients, the ones that I've just worked with the most. Uh, This is usually like some type of coach or course creator um, or service provider, freelancer. They are primarily the main clients I work with. Uh, So I definitely have the most experience in those types of services and really advising them on all of their different legal needs. Uh, And they also differ a little bit because for a lot of them, sometimes their main like 
part of their brand is not necessarily their business name because a lot of them are doing business as like their their you know legal name um so it's interesting to navigate brands that aren't you know they're not known by like nike the name of their brand they're known by something else like their the name of their course or their podcast so it's definitely interesting nice so if people are interested in doing business with you finding out more about you where should they look for you online uh you can definitely find me on instagram the most probably the easiest my handle is at lawyer kelly with an i underscore nice nice so how often are you posting on you know instagram and TikTok each you know each week so on TikTok, i post at least once a day uh but you know very quick i just literally talk to the screen for like 30 to 60 seconds so those are very easy to do and then instagram um i usually try to post a couple of times a week on my feed with either posts or reels and then I post on my story every single day. Gotcha, gotcha, awesome. Well, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your history and you think about your story and where you are now, what's two pieces of advice that you would share with other lawyers? So I would say definitely figure out what type of client you want to work with because that is really going to help you choose where your marketing efforts should be, um, which I see some people struggle with, you know, they don't know what platforms to use or what type of marketing to use. So I think really figuring out who you want to target as opposed to targeting everyone in the world is going to be able to help you get clients quicker. And then another thing also is to, the same thing that I tell every business owner, regardless of you're a lawyer or not, is find a CPA as soon as you start, because I feel like your lawyer and your CPA are the people you need to have in your business. And a lot of lawyers, you know, we think we know everything, but when it comes to that kind of stuff, I still am like messaging my CPA to confirm things. Um, and I feel like that helped me also be a little bit more secure in starting and building a certain way because I kind of found her like right when I started and then I didn't really have to worry about taxes or anything. She just told me like, do this, put this aside. And then I felt better doing, you know, building the business side of it. Awesome. Well, Kelly, it has been a pleasure having you on. So thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.